Hey, it's Bill Simmons. We're not just reacting to the NBA playoffs on my podcast. We're also doing it on the Ringer NBA show and the Mismatch podcast. They are coming after some of these NBA playoff games. Check it out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights on the Ringer Podcast Network. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to this major golf podcast, unlike any other. Oh, yes, we have done it. My birdie buddies, this is Fairway Rolling, a golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, my eagle enthusiast, my par-saving pals. This is a major week. The PGA Championship in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So we're going to do it major style. Two guests on today's kickoff the week preview podcast. Both gentlemen calling us, checking in from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I am, of course, accompanied, as is always the case here on Fairway Rolling, by our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard. Going to start off as a two ball. Then we might stroll into a three ball. Then we might have another three ball. You guys know how it works. Throw a peg in the ground. The first fairway at Southern Hills is somewhat wide open. Let's get it going. Nate Dog, fresh from your trip to McKinney, Texas. How you feeling, buddy? Craig Ranch fairways are wide open house. 
Literally, wide open. Could we hit them? Yes. Would we be fairway rolling out there? Yes, and if we didn't, it wouldn't be a big deal because there's no rough to speak of either that matters. That's, that's my kind of golf course, honestly. Yeah, I don't know what we learned this week. I mean, I I walked the damn thing for three days. Yes. I, it's really hard coming off of that course. It just doesn't have the defenses yeah. that anybody would need. And, and so it did sort of turn into a putting contest. I think it's a little misleading to look at the leaderboard and see all the best guys in the world up there because they should be. It's really less for me that we learned who has a great chance to win than we learned that there's some guys whose games are not in form. Oh, D okay. DJ shooting a plus one yesterday makes zero sense to me. Will Zalatoris missing the cut and just continuing to struggle with the short putts is a red flag for me. I don't know that Xander shooting a 61 on Sunday uh, is that much more telling than, than, you know, Jordan secretly putting like crap yesterday, losing 1.5 strokes on the green. You know, I just don't know that we learned that much. I expect these good players to perform well. It was a, it was what top 10 strength of field event of the year. So we have coming on today's show, Jeff Newbarth, who uh, is with Callaway media productions. Um, but he um, has been working on many of the major golf tournament productions. He's working with ESPN this week and he will have walked the grounds by the time he's, he's joining us. And we're also going to talk storylines Today, with our beloved pal, Kevin Van Valkenburg. KVV. KVV, senior writer from ESPN, also uh, walking the grounds today. So we're going to get um, some feedback on conditions on the ground. But Nate, in, in to your point about, you know, not a lot to extrapolate going from a venue like uh, Craig Ranch uh, with the kind of uh, very small, possibly the smallest C challenge you can imagine, because it's just not a challenge at all. It's just who's going to make the most birdies to a venue that I believe is going to play in the nature of a U.S. Open venue. Hmm. I um, still want to think positive thoughts about Dustin Johnson, about Will Zalatoris, and about um, Jordan Spieth as well, and maybe even a tiny bit, I can't quit him, Xander Shoffley. Mm. Um, we'll talk to the guys and see if there's any kind of feedback from them. But since you laid eyes on the dudes and you shared with us your sentiment that um, maybe a tiny fade of DJ, what are you going to do with Zalatoris? Um, do you just think, if you want to be generous about it, and it's a question, you say those guys are just getting ready for this week? I, I think that's probably overly generous. The guys overly getting, generous. Yeah, the guys who are getting ready for this week were Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and Hideki. You can say Hideki's back from the injury for sure. If we were worried about that, the 62 yesterday showed us that he's he's in good shape. Great. I, Thrilled I, to hear it. I, I'm a little nervous about Jordan. I was hoping we were going to see his odds more in the 20 to 1 range, in which case you'd jump on it because he's striking the ball well. And after the round, he spoke about... You know the the draw that he hit on 
on 17 into that par three, which has been a shot he's been afraid to hit and just didn't have in the bag. He put it into play, said, I'm going to go for it under pressure, hit the best shot that he'd hit all day, felt great about it, but then ganked the nine footer on 10, the bogey. I mean, he had a six foot eight putt for birdie on 10, missed that, missed the two foot eight comebacker or something. In the heat of the moment, it's a little unsettling, right? It's a little unsettling that there's the Jordan stuff still there. Uh, on the JT front, you know what? I walked away from this week going, this this is a guy who's, I think he, he may have the most pressure of anybody coming into this week. I know that's like a huge statement, but he has defined this coming week as, you know, the, 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 all he cares about this season are majors. Last season was a failure because he didn't compete. And they're just some guys who feel like they are one or two or three strokes ahead of him, even as consistently well as he's played. I don't totally understand why yesterday he isn't the guy who seized it by the balls after shooting a 64 on Saturday and went and won that tournament. I have to confess to you, I don't think I care. Yeah. Like, I'm just not prepared to draw causal links between, between the two. And I had a chance um, earlier today to go on with the Golf Digest guys on their Be Right um, podcast. And we're trying to kind of solve for what the nature of the challenge at Southern Hills is going to be because it hasn't hosted, you know, an event like this since, since the restoration. Right. It, it, it's, it did host the PGA Championship in 2007 and Tiger won it, you know, all along the way. Um, but this is a different golf course now. So I was kind of I'm thinking, is it going to be like a U.S. Open kind of vibe? But that's not the way that the PGA of America, once it um, competed. And one of the guys, um, Stephen Hennessy, and we're going to share this with um, KBV in a second, made the observation that the architect at Southern Hills, Perry Maxwell, is truly the person that deserves the most credit for the design and execution of the greens at Augusta National. Interesting. So notwithstanding um, the um, very important footprint that Alistair McKenzie created there, the actual construction of the greens, building of the greens, occurred much later after the course design was, was in place and before the Masters was first competed, it was Perry Maxwell's greens. And hmm. so we're, we're drawing this, this connection. And if you're looking for reasons to feel positive about Jordan Spieth. That would be it. That would be one of those reasons. Hmm. And if you're thinking that this golf course is going to be a venue where some of the Spieth magic hands are going to be important because you're going to have to be saving par from all over the place, that would be another reason to think positive thoughts. Mm-hmm. And if you were thinking positive thoughts about Will Zalatoris coming to the, into this, a young man who's performed very well at Augusta National, if you believe in that linkage, if that uh, is a translation that you want to accept as part of your um, anticipation of how the championship may, might play out. But Nate Dog, why don't we welcome in our good friend, Kevin Van Valkenburg, physically there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, taking in the sights and the sounds and, and see if he has any insights or observations for us here on Fairway Rolling. And there he is, KVV. Hey, bud, how are you? How you doing, buddy? 
I'm doing pretty pretty well. Congratulations! It's clearly beard growing season. It is you know I uh, I've had a beard off and on. Uh, now my kids won't let me shave it at all. So they're just kind of like <laughs> the face is beard. too scary. Yeah, it's uh, I, once you get kind of used to yourself looking like a beard, and then you shave it off, it looks very scary. Looks like uh, you know. Well, speaking of scary, we were mm-hmm. just kind of like setting up the, the this this week and. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of therm- themes and theses and, and so forth, trying to get our arms around what kind of ballpark this is going to be and how to anticipate it, it might play out this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you arrived yesterday in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Did, have you had a chance to, to uh, circumnavigate the, the, the grounds a little bit? Uh, just a little bit. Went and walked a few holes with uh, Mr. Eldrick Woods. Uh, Never heard today. of him. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you, the biceps look enormous. Uh, he's clearly <laughs> oh, been just doing lots of arm curls. Uh, <laughs> lots of upper body hey, work. Beach season. Beach SZS. Season. I'm not I'm not exaggerating. He looks legitimately like he's been doing a bunch of arm curls. <laughs> That's not even a joke. Uh, he so it looks decent. Uh, you know, hit a couple of loose shots out there. But um, uh, how's the gate? So- you saw the gate at uh, Augusta. We didn't love the yeah. gate at Augusta. Gate at Augusta was tough. Uh, I would say maybe a little better, but I think it's mostly kind of a wait and see sort of deal. I mean, I think it's this really is more pessimistic than I expected. The first couple of guys who saw him out the last couple of days were like, "Oh, look, he's sprinting up a hill." I was like, "Yeah, but watch him walk a fairway." It sounds like you watched him walk a fairway. Yeah, I mean, look, he looks fine. It's it's a I don't think it's like a unrestrained, like never have to think about it gate. Um, okay. you know, so I'm walk up some stairs and looked fine. Uh, but I think there's still, you know, a little bit of tentativeness there. And I think what, where really, where I, where I really think is interesting is to like watch like 17, 18, uh, you know, tomorrow or Thursday and see what that feels like. And that's where the sort of the grind of things at Augusta was starting to really, hurt and um I, I think it'll be better uh i don't know that i'm quite as optimistic about him contending as some people seem to be yeah. i think that's a bit of a bridge too far but i will say the the course sort of sets up for his brain uh i think especially i like particularly um courses that don't have a lot of rough around the green so the ball rolls and then you can then a lot of different options once you're um, there. You can chip it, you can fly it high, you can hit it into hills, you can use slopes. And so watched him chip for 15 minutes or so uh, on some, uh, out of some rough and then out of the short grass. And man, he's still a magician about that kind of stuff. So yeah. uh, that's where it's fun to sort of see. I think if it's the kind of championship where, you know, nine, 10 under is winner, then I could see him, you know, I don't know if contending, but being around, you know, in certainly in that uh, area um, for a couple of days uh, where, you know, getting to 10 under is like the winning score. You know, if it's a, like uh, you got to make, you know, 18 birdies or something, then I'm not sure that that's the game where he can currently hang right now, but I think he can grind over some stuff and, and get up and down from spots where other people can't just using his brain. And what'd you see out there? Like, does it feel like it's going to be a single digit to 10 or, or, you know, what, 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 what's the teeth of this golf course? I mean, 
there's definitely some elevation change. There's the greens are they're big, but they don't play as big as they look. And so there's going to be shots that um, hit greens, but then roll off and where guys are going to get frustrated. But really, I think Speed said in an interview, effectively the greens play about, uh, you know, 60% or whatever, or maybe like a 50% of what they look like. And so that's kind of where the teeth is. I mean, it's longer than um, it certainly was when it played in, 2007 it was as we were joking because kind of, it came on there was a bunch of weather earlier in the week so i don't know like if they'll be able to get it quite as firm as they want it looks like sunday there's going to maybe be a little rain um it would be you know really cool if it was firm and fast um it's just so hard you certainly could never do that in august but um you know it's harder when it's uh hot and humid it's there's not really any humidity here yet so that's a good thing but uh, you know, it's Oklahoma. It could easily sort of change out of nowhere, and uh, we could be dodging tornadoes and uh, various things by Sunday. So, um, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a very fair championship. That's what I think is exciting. It's a better course than certainly Bedminster, where this was originally supposed to be. So, uh, excited about uh, that change of venue. So I want to pick up on a couple of the things you just touched upon. Um, the mm -hmm. weather forecast, at least, you know, if you're looking at it now, says 90 degrees on Thursday and then around 80 on Friday and then highs of 70 mm -hmm. over the weekend. And that all by itself with winds that look like they're going to be in the 10 to 20 range. And none of the days, at least as we sit here on Monday, have giant gusts um, in, included in that. So it, I don't think we're sitting here trying to forecast um, morning, afternoon advantages um, across the field. Um, but that, that sort of firm and fast um, concept seems like, you know, just is a question of, of what you observe, which is, will we get these afternoon thunderstorms that pop up out of nowhere? They can't, you know, there's always, you always put 25% chance of rain because of the time of year that it is in, in Tulsa. But the um, observation around watching Tiger chip and your observation around his brain, this is the way that I prefer to think about Tiger's chances this week, which is a very simple make the cut. And yep. I'm going to wager on him to make the cut. Mm -hmm. And I um, was together with the Golf Digest guys earlier today, their uh, Be Right podcast. Mm -hmm. And you know, we talked about how he has an unrivaled mental approach to these major competitions, these majors. And, you know, notwithstanding Justine Reed's great frustration with Tiger <laughs> flying in a month ago and going around the golf course with, you know, the, the, the head pro and getting observations. Allegedly, just, allegedly Justine Reed, just so we're clear. We, you know, allegedly. <laughs> well, you're a journalist. Nobody holds me to journalistic <laughs> standards. I can say whatever the F I want, <laughs> you know. Um, allegedly, Justine Reed, just to be highly um, clear just, about it. Justine, if you're listening, come on Fairway Rolling. <laughs> be a spot you, for you. <laughs> you look, any time. We'll talk about yeah. the kids. We'll talk about, you know, uh, Patrick's love of steak and his uh, PXG contract. Anyway, um, I, uh, on the Tiger storyline, just have the simple hope and aspiration for him to make the cut. And I think, to your point, is he could use his brain and 75% of his brain 
plus 25% of his hands around the greens because like the, the, the Gil Hans restoration, part of what everybody's touting is what you described, which is the shaved uh, uh, slopes away fr from the green. Um, misses, you, you have to be able to scramble um, to save par to make up for those misses. You, you've um, shared the sentiment that I'm, I'm delivering here? 100%. Yeah. I, I think somebody who wins this week will be somebody who has a really well-rounded game. You're not going to be able to just drive it great all week and, uh, and win. You're going to have to be able to chip from tough spots uh, when you miss shots and you're going to have to hit precise, precise iron shots. And, um, you know, I think that's one thing that's sort of sneaky fun about the PGA is like in the last decade, it's been pretty darn good. Yeah. Like there's been a lot of really great fair tournaments. And uh, I think that they have found the sweet spot in terms of setup. You know, the rough is only like two and a half inches this week, but that's pretty fair. You know, that's where there's a reward for hitting it in the fairway, but the penalty isn't so severe for hitting it uh, in the rough that you can't, you know, make shots still. And so, you know, I think that's where there's some of the things, you know, where I think Beth page a few years ago is one where it's a little different, where it's like, if you hit it in the rough and you're Kevin Kisner, you are screwed. Like there was no way you're getting it, uh, you know, onto the 14th green at Beth page or whatever. But uh, if you do that here, like you may still have a chance. You may have to take five iron, but you know, at least you can advance the ball and can put it around the green and then use your, your skills to kind of get up and down. And so, you know, look, I feel I, we had to kind of make picks for ESPN this week. And I was like, gosh, you know, this is before the Craig Ranch. I was like, this is really Spieth's best chance to maybe win the Grand Slam uh, because he's can use his sort of creative mind to get around up and down from a lot of places. He doesn't have to kill it off the tee. He can, you know, make up for some, some misses uh, if he hits it in the rough. And, you know, it could be a while before, I mean, Valhalla's coming up. That's not super forgiving to him. Uh, Oak Hill next year, you know, nobody knows what Frisco is going to be like. So if you've ever wanted to bet on Spieth to sort of complete the Grand Slam, like this might be the moment. So I, I took a, a bold little flyer, picked Spieth, and then he went and almost won Craig Ranch. So uh, it looked like I'm jumping on the bandwagon at the right time. But I feel like, you know, I had it, had it in before that. So. Does that mean we need to cut Hovland? <laughs> I mean, I will say one of the things I guess that about, um, you know, those sort of slopes is like Hovland could putt some of those things, you know, he doesn't always have to rely on, uh, chipping it. If I think what's a little bit tough when there, there's a lot of thick rough around greens is and you miss it. You just have to really execute a certain kind of like chip, right? You have to be able to hit kind of a, uh, sand shot explosion out of some spots, or you have to be able to really nip it. Uh, maybe you know, Holland can kind of get creative in some ways and, and not have to, you know, play the shots that are as demanding as they might otherwise be. So I, you know, I, I don't quite, I'm not quite buying Victor Holland in uh, majors just yet, because I feel like he still needs a little bit more seasoning and a little bit more sort of um, kind of practice around some of those weaknesses, but um you know, home game for him. You can't can't uh, discount the home game model. Oh, uh, see, all these Oklahoma State guys. I was ready to come on here and pronounce uh, affirmatively, definitively, without hesitation or reservation, that I am fading Victor Hovland. 
this yeah, week and looking call, but... <laughs> to have him in every head-to-head that I can find where there are okay. comparable players. I'll go ahead and yeah. lay the juice for those comparable players to beat his ass because he still hasn't finished better than tied for 12th in a major, and he did that when he was an amateur. So yeah. it's just a show me. It's just a show me with Show it to me. That's all. Totally. That's all I'm asking. If I lose all my bets because he comes out and kicks ass this week, then great. He taught it's me a lesson. For you. It is. Exactly. Because I, I, I love Victor Hovland. I also used to love this guy um, named Phil Mickelson, but I don't love him anymore. Uh, and we're not going to watch him in this golf tournament this week. KBV, what a saga. What a yeah. saga, huh? Hard to believe that uh, this is where we are uh, and where we were a year ago. I mean, I... I, you know, legitimately when he hit that nine iron into 18th green at Kiowa, like I got a little bit emotional. I was like, wow, this is like, this is, I've seen the whole arc of this guy's career. And like, I, you know, it's not like I, I mean, I definitely was a fan when I was younger. And then when I kind of on the golf beat felt much more sort of detached from it, but just the sort of like the monumental feat of that and like kind of laughing at all the people who had sort of mocked him over the years and what a, what a cool just sort of sports moment that was. And now it's just, I'm sort of struck by just how kind of sad it is. And I, I'm a little bit surprised to be honest that he's not here. I mean, I just don't quite grasp what is so scary about having to stand up there and answer a few uncomfortable questions. I think Phil could easily be like, yeah, man, like I, you know, said some stuff that I shouldn't have said, and I'll probably have to figure out, you know, ways to kind of fix that. And, you know, I suffered some consequences and you guys can decide whether that's fair or unfair. Uh, you know, but I'm, I'm really just here to kind of defend my title and I'll happy to Why answer your questions. Why didn't he do you that? Do you know. think there was deliberation? I mean, the fact that he was on the list for a while suggests that he was thinking about it. Yeah. And players told us he was, you know, they kind of, expected him to play that the some players who talked to him uh is it so maybe about know. the golf i mean that could be very uh, like spot on right there that he you know went out and played a couple practice rounds at whistling rock or wherever and he shot in the 80s or he shot in the high 70s from you know seven thousand yards and was like this is you know, i'm i don't want to do this i don't want to embarrass myself because then i think it would sort of open him to a little bit of ridicule but on the other hand too you could come out here and say hey you know what my game is in really bad shape i've been sort of sorting through some stuff trying to work on some stuff and i'm probably not going to play that well when i'm out here i'm, I'm just going to throw it out guys i i'm hoping at best to like break 80 or, or at best make the cut i think people will be like oh yeah phil it's fun to have him back out here whatever he i just not quite sure why the pr of things is so scary for him i mean i'm i'm just sort of curious about whether someone that said you know hey maybe be better for you if your first appearance was just at the live golf event in london that that's what i want to explore um a bit deeper i don't think it's about the golf in any way shape or form that would have that would be the first time in 30 some years that he felt like the the golf like his performance on the golf course is going to be the thing that has him no that's not that's that would be a, a radically different version of phil that's all he ain't scared this is someone who's played for you know half a million dollars a hole probably more yeah. times than he can count like i'm sure he, he could fig- find something my my sad and cynical perspective is that part of him repairing the relationship with the folks that he seems inclined to do business with was to give them 
the shine of his reappearance on the scene because yeah. that will draw all of the media attention, all of the eyes, all of the chatter around that week. It goes from being sort of a, a curiosity to a, a a story on our national sports scene um, if if he chooses to to run it out there. What do you think about that? I mean, I think it's, you know, I have no evidence to support uh, that that's the case, but right. I think that they're, I think it's a fair thing to speculate about that, you know, this is uh, an organization that might be about to pay him $100 million to sort of be a part of their deal. Like uh, those kind of deals don't come with no strings attached. I mean, they've already sort of reports leaking out that, you know, some of the players were annoyed that they were going to sort of make them wear uniforms and make them sort of, you know, do kind of corporate meet and greets. Like, yeah, like it ain't just to play golf, man. Yeah. Like you're going to, you might have to give like, lessons to the second son of the crown prince like this is how this works and that's why you ought to understand where the money is coming from you know it's so i, I think it's important to just kind of weigh that in context of like there are strings and if you can live with them great i don't honestly if phil nicholson was like hey i i've made this decision and i understand the controversy behind it but i'm gonna live with it like i'm not gonna sort of you know, be stylic critical. I mean, he can make the choice he wants. I think where a lot of people sort of feel and why some of the backlash was so enormous is that Phil got basically caught in this thing that basically revealed him to, to be the person that a lot of people always thought he was, which was sort of a, you know, sneaky kind of Eddie Haskell type of like playing one side against the other, trying to sort yeah. of seem smarter than he was. And that blowback is it's not even so much about the Saudis. It's like, man, are you just a disingenuous person in general? And so I think that that's kind of what a lot of people aren't grasping is that the suspicions or the hints that people always felt about Phil, he basically like laid his cards out. I was like, yep, I am that dude. And that's what a lot, a lot of people are like, you know what? The heck with you, man. And like, at least Tiger's, you know, is sort of in the second half of his life been a, a more, uh, honest person about who he sort of is in life, and he's not really faking it anymore. He's just got like, yeah, I, yeah, I golf and I am who I am, and like me or yeah. not, whatever, that's up to you. Whereas Phil has has kind of coveted this love and attention and gotten so deep into the social media game and wanted and sort of thirsty for that attention. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of like, yeah, dude, I'm just, it's all just kind of employed to sort of get what I want from the tour. Like, I'm good. So, I think that's what upset a lot of people and, and made them be like, you know what? I'm done with this dude. And and this whole like cancel culture stuff surrounding it is all just kind of a smoke screen for like, I actually didn't want to like that dude. Yeah. Well, and, and even Nicholas who said that moving this tournament from Bedminster to, to Southern Hills was part of cancel culture. It, it appears today that he turned down a hundred million dollars to be the face of this thing. And yeah. it, it, you know, for Norman's aggressive, Nicholas, you mean, Jack Nicholas turned down $100 million yes. to be the face of... So Greg Norman is the face instead? Is that well, how we ended I up mean, in this? Look, for all of his aggressiveness, he's really turning this into... You only say yes to this if you're, if you're able to be bought. And, and that's the thing that's going to make it even harder for Phil going forward. I guess Except I part, that's part what he's going to do. Yeah. Part of what I don't grasp about like Nicholas and, and in some ways Phil... Like if, I mean, Phil, I guess, but is a little different, but some of these guys like Westwood or, you know, Poulter, or some of these guys sort of come out and said, you know, especially uh, lately, 
why not just own it? Like if you're, yeah. if you're Jack Nicholas and you've designed courses in Saudi Arabia and you're telling me like, Hey, yep. you know, like it's, it's better there, whatever. Take the hundred million dollars. Like just, just do it. Why you, do you clearly you deep down, do you have some moral hang up, but you want to sort of have it both ways. Like yeah. if Jack had said, Hey, look, I, I don't quite have enough energy to do what they wanted to do, whatever, you know, why not? You can take that hundred million dollars and invest it over whatever. He's, right. he's big into the folds of honor stuff and the, you know, various political causes that he supports. Take that hundred million, do whatever you want with it. You, yeah. you clearly don't have an issue with working with the Saudis. Why, what's the sort of hang up hesitation? If you, if you believe those things, then great, own it, but don't kind of try to have it both ways. You mentioned Tiger being himself. I, I went back and looked at the leaderboard when he won here. He beat Woody Austin, Woody Aaron Austin. Oberholzer, John Senden, and yes, okay, Ernie Els rounded out the top five. It wasn't exactly a murderer's row that that, that he sort of beat here, right? But I look no. at the field today, and I mean, have we had a stronger field in a major that where where there's more guys who can win this thing? It just feels like even in that period of time, since this course has been redesigned, golf has evolved to the point where I, I'm not sure we're going to have a tiger again because there's so much parity across this list now, isn't there? It's hard to make a pick today. It really is. I mean, you could, I think there's 20 guys you could pick and you I could say, right. you know, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, you know, you, you could pick a and you'd be like, yep, that no sounds doubt. a great pick. You could pick Rom. You'd be like, yep, you could pick Rory. You know, you could uh, off of the last couple of performances, you know, you could pick Max Homa. And the only thing I would sort of say is like, well, he hasn't shown it, hasn't proven it yet in a major, but like, He's got the game to do it. So, yeah. you know, that's, that'd probably be in it like a, a flyer of a pick, but you know, there's, there's a lot of dudes who are really sort of, uh, you could definitely imagine them holding the Wanamaker and that's fun. It's, it's funny to think about that tournament. The, the one that Woods won back in Woody Austin. I don't know if you guys remember, but Woody Austin shot 70, uh, in the round that Tiger shot 63 and then Woody came into the press room and was like, you know, I just outplayed him T to green. Like I, <laughs> I struck it so much better and I just obviously didn't putt well, whatever. And it was kind of like, it would became this sort of running joke and Woody Austin is still sort of angry about it, but he was like dead serious. He was like, I hit it better than Tiger Woods all day. And he just made a bunch of putts. It's like, yeah, dude, well, he might've left those putts in, in like a really better spot than you. Like sometimes probably better to be putting from, 15 feet below the hole than above it. And uh, he probably just, you know, thought his way around a little bit better than you did, but the shots game numbers from that tournament have magically <laughs> evaporated. <laughs> but I would love to look that up. A shot link would you know, start. It was really, wasn't in vogue then in terms of like the data was, you know, widely shared, but I'm sure, I think it started in what, 2004 or five. So uh, it, there should be some shot link data from there, but it maybe doesn't have the, millions of uh sort of examples fed into the machine to kind of uh, give us a true uh true number of what woody's strokes gain would have been that day so to your point that we wouldn't be surprised um with any one of, of really 20 guys winning we're trying to formulate a strategy over the course of this week for actually trying to come up with you know an organized way to do a betting card that doesn't have 600 different variations although sure I might end up with 500. Um, what are the, some of the governing principles for like when you're, when we're really splitting hairs as you sit there in Tulsa right now, obviously we've hit on some of the themes around the course design, some of the, the weather stuff, like to, to you, 
um, sitting there, how would you choose between Colin Morikawa and I'm not going to say Scotty Scheffler because Scheffler is a whole nother conversation based on his experiences at this venue, his his pronounced love for this venue. But let's say Morikawa and Justin Thomas. How would you like mm-hmm. try and, and and weigh that? What would your pros and cons approach be? Well, I would probably. I mean, I'd start with price for sure. I mean, yeah. is what what odds, what price are you going to be able to get uh, them at? And uh, then I would sort of make my kind of initial thing from there. I would say if you're asking me, you know, between Morikawa and, and JT as an example, like I would want to start with their um, their strokes gained approach data uh, over the last month. That would be where I would sort of first uh, look at because anybody can have a hot putting week, but if you don't give yourself chances, then it doesn't matter how good you putt. Like you're not going to make enough 25 footers to sort of, uh, and, and the thing with, you know, JT is he's been a very, uh, and I might work out certainly too, but they've both been sort of streaky putters. Um, but, you know, if you're giving yourself, you know, a ton of 11 footers or whatever, then you're going to make four of those and you're going to, that's going to be enough to sort of give you an edge up on the field. Who's going to be hitting it to, 20 feet and might make, you know, one or two of those. So I guess that's where I would sort of, I always kind of look at strokes gain approach data, because if you're just not hitting it close, then you've got no shot. I think you're just not going to be able to, especially at a term where you have to make some birdies. Uh, you know, if this was a kind of deal where it was us open, I could say, okay, you can scramble your ass off and you can kind of, you know, you, you get up and down from spots, uh, not a lot of guys are going to be able to do that, but in the PJ championship, you've got to make birdies. And I think it's a tough one with between JT and Mark Powell, right? Because I think JT's the more uh, creative player. He's a player who can shape shots and can handle the wind uh, a little bit better and stuff in terms of take some spin off this, but Mark Howe is the more consistent player, right? He's the one who like, Hey, look, I can hit a 158 yard fade when you need me to hit it 159 yards. And, you know, it's not that JT can't do that. It's just sometimes he's like, well, I think I'd rather, should I draw this in their bones? Should I, should I hit a little chippy cut? Should I, you know, try to, you know, shape this off this slope? Whereas Mark Howe is kind of like, yeah, dude, I kind of got like one shot and I do it better than anybody to come along in the last 15 years. So I'm going to kind of just stick with that. When it blows hard, that's a little bit harder for Mark Howe to sort of, because of his shot shape. Uh, but, you know, sometimes consistency is, is good enough to sort of be like, all right, you know, it's all about your misses, not about like how close you get it on some shots. So that's kind of what I would sort of look at between the two of them. And I think you can just kind of like, when you look at the stroke gain data, you can identify sort of like general patterns, right? It's like, yeah, you, you spread the spreadsheet out and you say, all right, who's been playing well over the last year. Okay. Well, how much of that has come in the last, you know, six months, how much has this come since the masters? I I mean, I always, I mean, if you look at like Brooks Kepka's record in the PGA championship, since he turned pro, he's finished outside the top 15, like one time. Yeah. So like whatever it is about the setup about PGA championships, Brooks really is always in it. Uh, and it doesn't really sort of matter the venue. Like it's just, this is the kind of thing he's he probably, I would say certainly over the last decade is, is the best, most consistent PGA championship golfer. And so even though he missed the cut at the masters and he withdrew from the Byron Nelson, 
I would be surprised if Brooks wasn't in it because it's just his track record here has proven that he is like, he's, he doesn't make dumb mistakes in majors. He's patient. He's always kind of finds it a little bit with the putter. So those are be some sort of like, I'm not a huge, you know, gambling great guy to sort of give tips to, but those are the things I kind of think about when I think about like, all right, who would I really actually feel like has a good feel for this, this well, course. A, a year ago, the biggest story in golf was Brooks versus Bryson. Yeah. And Bryson just let us know today that he's headed to Tulsa to try to figure out whether he's going to play. I mean, that hand yeah. has still got a nasty scar on it. So we got both these guys who are clearly hurt or, you know, on the, on the edge. Do you think Bryson's going to tee it up this week? Not that it matters. I mean, House yeah. would love to fade the hell out of him. I really <laughs> want him to play because I will bet him to miss the cut. And it won't yeah. be out yeah. of out of hatred it'll be just out of um rational economics that's all it's a money it's a money making opportunity that's for, all. for sure he's yeah. he is not someone who i think uh could ever just like show up at a course without like the prep work and without right. uh really you know having a feel for things i mean well, he's he, been standing in his garage hitting into a net for at least 48 right. hours if this was a hitting into a net championship you could see bryson would be definitely a guy that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean Look, it's one thing to, I always kind of laugh too when he posts those videos of like, there's always a cut in them, right? So it's like, oh, I hammered this drive. And then it immediately, like, there's a video cut, but it shows the sort of foresight launch monitor of like, <laughs> oh, that was 342 carry. Or like, yeah, sure, man. Like, whatever you say. Like, I guess. I mean, you could, you know. There might also be a correlation between how hard he's swinging and the surgery he just had to Totally. Have. <laughs> totally. I, you know, you know I, again, I think, I think there's probably. I would say I'd put it at like 50, 50 that he, okay. plays. Wow. I don't, I, yeah, I, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that he really, I think he probably kind of wants to do it, but also sure. he's going to sort of feel super uncomfortable standing on some of these holes where he hasn't really, you know, mapped everything out. And, um, and before the know, Phil stuff, by the way, it was Bryson who was getting the heat for the live golf stuff. Yeah. And everyone sort of hundred percent assumed that Bryson and Dustin were like as good gone. as gone. Uh, and so it's interesting to kind of see how, I mean, even Bryson's like statements or whatever, like for now I'm right. committed to the BGA tour and he right. hasn't really, uh, had to face much more, uh, else of that. I mean, cause he did answer question, but more specifically about Phil, uh, at the masters, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, for all we know, what I think is kind of, we were kind of friends and I were joking, like who would be, who would cause like golf Twitter to melt down the most. Uh, if they left for live golf, like out of the blue and no one sort of saw it coming and like, obviously tiger would be number one far and away, but like, is there a chance that like Ricky Fowler will, this is the last time we see him, you know, play in the United States for a little while. Like, I think there's a very real chance. I mean, Ricky Fowler has been rumored to potentially be someone who's interested in that stuff. And we, you know, he hasn't really played well enough to sort of face any of that scrutiny, but you know, what if Ricky, who's like a household name, who's in every other commercial that you watch in a golf broadcast still, all of a sudden was like, yep, I'm going over to play this thing. And I'm going to rebuild my career over there. Kev, let yeah. me tell you, I, yeah. I was on the ground in Texas this week at that tournament. And there were two experiences I had that made me wonder, you know, you alluded earlier to some of the guys being like, what the fuck do you mean we have to play with sponsors? I thought I'm just getting a check. I watched Spieth. Yeah sign for those kids for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. 
his family was going back into the clubhouse to get him pens as they were drying out in the heat and coming back out. And you go in there, he's holding his infant in his arm as he d- did this. I walked with Scheffler. Scheffler played with my brother. And his whole family was there, chatting with his dad for nine holes. His sisters are there, blah, blah. As you know, it's a family affair. You can't bring the support network to Saudi Arabia to play golf. I, I think yeah. that there's some guys for whom it's just not an option if they really want to be off the course what a bunch sure. of these guys are today. And Ricky's the one where I go, he's got a little baby. He's mm-hmm. got, you know, his best buddies are not leaving this tour to go there. I, there's some guys who are probably going to be in for a rude awakening as, as it unfolds what this is actually going to mean. Sure. I think specifically if like the events that they make them play, you know, in the kingdom, right. Or in the middle East or whatever, if, if you're telling somebody, Hey, go play at pumpkin Ridge in Portland and you can yeah. win $4 million against a, like a corn fairy tour quality field. Ricky Fowler might be like, yeah, dude, like sure. I'm gonna do that. That's awesome. But if you're saying, you know, Hey, this is where you need to spend 10 to 15 days in, in Riata or right. King, economics at Camp Economic City or whatever, somewhere in the Middle East. And you're saying, I need you not only to play golf, I need you to be here to sort of, you know, press, press the palms and, and talk to people right. and, and you can't do get a on a jet. Speak. You can't get on a jet and be home in two hours. Right. Do a little chipping clinic for, you know, 300 people and, and just put your, you know, that's what it means to be on salary, salary. buddy. Yeah, that, that's yeah, the difference totally. between being on salary versus being on contract. And that's what Rory said. It's like, look, I, the money is sort of interesting, but, and the morality is tough, but ultimately what helped Rory make the decision is like, I don't really want to be told where I have to be yeah. and what I have to do. I want to have that freedom. That's worth a lot of money to me. $400 million or whatever they rumored to offer him was not going to change his life dramatically. But what was going to change his life is somebody saying, Hey, you have to be here for this tournament and this clinic. And if you say no, then you're in violation of that. Yeah. Gonna be a Sorry. Problem. Poppy's got to wait. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I, you know, I, I hope, I hope, um, Ricky, is not part of that and and that because i i have uh come to really appreciate what kind of an ambassador he is and and mm-hmm. honestly he still has goodwill with me because he went down to that olympics in brazil mm-hmm. and really sort of you know embraced that that Gave olympic a shit. spirit yeah it seems like he did it seemed like now bubba did also and bubba seems very inclined to you know um go do whatever uh mbs and and the kushner open require uh, of him potentially, yeah. I don't know. It's just what we're, uh, one of the rumors that are out there. Um, but Bubba's his own cat, yeah. right? I think watching uh, Ted Lasso like flipped me on Ricky because, like, I used to think it was sort of funny to like crack jokes about how Ricky would always be like waiting at the green to congratulate somebody or whatever. And then I watched Ted Lasso, I was like, no, wait, like, isn't that the kind of person like we should all want to be? Yes. Like, shouldn't you like have goodwill and like? happy about the success of others <laughs> you know, is that is it so corny to actually like appreciate and i think kindness and true friendship rick. yeah yeah but literally no one has a bad word to say about rick i have never heard another golfer be like oh that guy like he you know he's a jerk no they all like him they all think he's like such an endearing like he's he's very bland and very sort of buttoned up and guarded in you know with his dealings with the public and the press but in you know he's just a swell guy in in many ways to his peers and so many people were like yeah great dude love that guy love getting paired with him so 
there's something to that, man. You can't like, it's one thing. And I also think that, you know, a lot of this people say, why do you hate Ricky? Whatever. Why does golf Twitter make so much? Ah, it's kind of done with love, right? It's kind of done with like the cheekiness of like, uh, this is, we've seen this guy grow up and we've sort of been there for all this. Like it, he's such a ubiquitous presence in our lives with the commercial stuff. Like we're ribbing in some way, like you'd rib, you know, a cousin or family member of like, Oh man, like it was all Rick and his rock and mortgage ads. <laughs> KVV. You're you're in Tulsa. How till when? You staying for the whole tournament? It's the whole deal, baby. I'll Man, be, uh, writing off the winner on Sunday. So, so are you? What's during the week? Um, are you pushing stuff out? Are we going to find you on ESPN.com? Yeah, you will. There'll be uh, there'll be stories throughout the week. I'm sure I will. Uh, spoiler: be following Tiger on Thursday, right? Okay. Something uh, about oh you know, for better or worse. But uh, you know, I'll have some things here and there. I mean, you know, the the uh, the upside of uh, if Tiger plays well is like, uh, you know, a lot of people be super interested in it. The the only downside would be like, you got to come up with something different to say for like five days in a row about Tiger. So, uh, well, if he's dueling <laughs> down the stretch with Y.E. Yang again, maybe there'll be something to say. Let's... I, I, I have faith yeah. in you, KBV. I know if, if there's anybody that's up to the challenge, it's you. Thanks, bud. Appreciate yeah. it. Th- thanks as always, my friend. Enjoy the week. We're rooting for, for, no thunderstorms all week long. We don't want you to have to, to, yeah. to dance around raindrops. Thank you. Well, I, I'm too big to fit between the raindrops, as you say, but I can, <laughs> I can, you know, still got some of that old tight end speed in me. I can run for cover. Yes. So. Yes. Enjoy the week. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care And Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply on may 10th kingdom of the planet of the apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. 
stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, my Eagle enthusiasts, as described at the top, we have another special guest on today's Mega Preview Pod. Forecasting the week. Another gentleman in Tulsa, Oklahoma, as we speak right second. He is the head of Callaway Media Productions. But for the purposes of this week, working on the ESPN broadcast, Thursday and Friday into the weekend as well, Jeff Newbarth. Into the weekend. There we go. Okay. Nice. Welcome to the Fairway, Roland. You've been here before. You know how we get down. I, I'm excited to be back with you guys. And uh, let me just tell you before you get going, this golf course is unreal. Well, this is what we want to know. This yeah. is why you're here. You got to take us through it. What have you seen? I mean, gosh, you, you just walk out there and I mean... The, the golf course is just, just absolutely perfect. And you, you look at it and I mean, on, on paper, right. You look at the length, you look at what, what Gil Hans and Jim Wagner did to get it back to restore, you know, Perry Maxwell's, you know, greatness. They, they, they just took this golf course to a whole nother level. It's never been at before. Um, you have just, they, they just eliminated some trees, which just created these great, great kind of open spaces where we're and i'm gonna be honest it's gonna be a little funky because like six and seven you're like literally teeing off over each other um you know you're 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 literally i mean if, if house was playing the six t because he likes to hit a low trajectory golf ball so i'm he, saying he like, i do on, on, on a bench, like i would not want to stand on seven when house hits his stinger to the par three six because he will hurt he will take someone out i mean the, uh, the name he, of the show is fairway rolling I like that low rolling kind of action. I'm, I'm well aware. It's my favorite name for a golf podcast you've ever done. But at, at the same time, I think that what's going to be interesting is this kind of uh, attrition battle you're going to see because it's going to be hot on Thursday. It's going to be 90 you know, degrees. And, and these rounds are going to take five and a half hours. So buckle up, golf fans. We're in for a long day. And the great thing about the ESPN coverage is we're going to have from first putt, first drive to last putt. What time um, is first drive? Uh, we will be on the air at seven o'clock local. So at so seven o'clock local, six a.m. Eastern. Good God, I'm I'm staying in bed. I'm not. No, it's, it's it's not six a.m. Eastern. Oh no, it's we're, seven. we're in the that's central right. time zone. So that's right. It's that's eight right. o'clock Eastern. Eight, eight o'clock Eastern. I can't do math. Yeah, they said there would be no math, but um, you know, you go right from there, and and I mean, you know, I think you're going to see golf go till you know pretty close to dark, which is about eight twenty ish here, but you can probably play another half hour. Um, the weather forecast looks spectacular and, and there's just so many things that they can do to this golf course. You know, like one of the things that's interesting is, is there's really, you know, you always talk in majors, right? You want to leave the ball below the hole. Good luck because there may not be below the hole. It may be like a Creek, um, you know, or, or a bunker. So it's just going to really challenge the players. And I'm really excited to see it. Where's the scary part of this course? Are there holes that are going to determine the winner coming down the stretch? <laughs> You know, I think I think that it's it's the cumulative effect of it. So uh, I'm sure you guys have all read this stack because everyone's been talking about it. But every winner of all the the, the tour championships, the majors that have been played here, uh, they've all been either the leader or tied for the lead on Friday. So that's why you got to watch the first two days. Uh, you know, shameless plug on ESPN and ESPN Plus because that's what's happened every time they've had this tournament here. And I mean, Jim Nance said it in the the CBS press conference. That's where I, I first heard the stat. Um, nowhere else has had that. 
Um, in fact, only two of the winners, uh, Tiger and Dave Stockton, were either tied for or in the lead after Thursday. So this is not a golf course where as the week goes on, you're going to get hot on the weekend. I know House is a big fan of uh, of, of someone who likes to finish uh, backdooring into the top 10. You're not going to see that this week. You're, you're not going to. You're not going to hear the roars from the the back door, but I, I think that this is one of those golf courses where you just got to get out there early. And, and it's when I mean, you say it every week, but you you literally have to hit it in the right place here. Like if you look at the golf course, there's ten percent of each hole you can hit it in. If you put it in that other ninety percent, you're done. You're making bogey, but you better make bogey, right? You don't want to have it blow up and get even worse. And that's what I think makes this so awesome. So Newbarth just made a joke that that he and I share, which is roars from the back door. He's saying don't expect a sixty four from Roy McElroy on Sunday to sneak him in. Uh, and what we're also saying, if you are fancying the possibility of Rory McIlroy coming onto your dance card, you, we want Tim to do something he hasn't done in the majors in eight years, which is perform very well on a Thursday. But Jeff, I want to pick up on something. I, w- I got together with the golf digest guys. Um, and one of the golf digest guys, Steve Hennessy, uh, has some background in some of the architectural um, history and so forth. And he made this connection that I I'm going, I, I told him I was going to steal it all week long and I'm going to um, in every venue that I can. He reminded us the hand that Perry Maxwell had in the design and execution and implementation of the greens at Augusta national golf course. And the, you know, the, 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 the strong linkage potentially between the green complexes and the way these greens at, um, Southern Hills, you know, the design concept of what you just hit on, which is like the 10% is available. That's so Augusta. Am, am I right about that? Yeah, but, but I'm talking about the whole golf course. I'm talking about off the tee, you have 10% of the golf course that you got to hit it in that spot to be able to, to, to take advantage of the whole, but one of the interesting quotes uh, I was reading was from Russ Myers, who's the superintendent here. Um, you know, it's so hard to get close to the pins because the greens are not large, but they're compartmentalized. And I think that's going to be the word of the week, compartmentalized, um, because you'll, you're going to see balls that land on the right spot of the green. Unlike in Augusta, where I think in Augusta, when you hit it to the right spot, it'll generally stay there and you could get that, that really, you know, amazing shot to lead to that birdie or eagle. I think here you're going to see those roll 10 feet, 15 feet. So I think you're going to be, you know, who, 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 again, this, this battle of attrition and lots of heat, you know, it's not gonna be as hot as it is in August here, but it's, it's certainly not cool here. And, and you're going to be 25 feet away and you better be able to two putt a really slopey, uh, you know, green. And, and I think with keeping the green speed to where they're going to keep them, they're saying it'll be somewhere 11, 12, um, that allows so many different hole locations. If they got it faster than that, if they got it up to 13, they wouldn't be able to use a lot of the greens. So I think there's that. And I think they just have all this technology here under the greens, which I think you'll hear about during the week on the broadcast that will show you um, how they can, can kind of do this in, in, in ways other places can. It's, it's just amazing what they've done. Technology under the greens. Yeah. Yeah. What do we got? There's some stuff. There's some stuff we're going to, we're going to be showing on the broadcast on Thursday and Friday. Not that, just sub air. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a different version of this stuff, but you got to think about it. What is sub air designed for, right? Sub air is designed to like suck water out when, when it rains. Well, they have that issue too, but what, what's Tulsa's greatest, you know, challenge with keeping the golf course perfect. It's this heat. So, so they, they have some other things they can do to, to regulate the temperature of the greens. Can I get a shirt allow. made out of that technology? 
I mean, I, I, I'm trying to find one. Uh, I'm I am lucky because the uh, the Travis Matthew I have on right now is keeping me perfectly cool here in this this, this Tulsa weather. But I'll tell you, you know, just walking nine. I I, I only did nine today. Um, it, it's 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 not the easiest walk you've ever done, and uh, it's it's hot, and there's just lots of places where you're just kind of standing there. So I, I will say the weather forecast you mentioned it's 90 degrees on Thursday, but then it goes down to like high of 80, maybe on Friday. And then the highs yep. on Saturday and Sunday, the high is 70, maybe. Correct. So Correct. that's going to, that's a big swing. And it means at night there, there'll be a big swing in, in temperatures as well. Do you, it, it, do you think that's going to have an impact? I mean, I, I really don't only because yeah. I think that, you know, I mean, look, the, the thing that's going to impact this golf course would be rain and and knock on whatever we can knock on. We're looking good right now uh, and wind and, and the wind doesn't seem like it's going to be like crazy, crazy wind. Um, so I think it's going to be out there for for the players. I just think it's a really, really difficult golf course. And um, I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of low scores, but I, I do look for this trend to continue that that if you're in good position on, on Friday, by, by the time we sign off there on Friday, uh, you know, evening, I, I think we're going to have a pretty good feeling who the contenders are. I don't think you're going to see one of those Augusta moving day, Saturday, 63, 64s to, to, to get going. Um, I think it's going to be, you, you better be, you better be ready right from that first shot on Thursday. So are there players who you look at and having seen the course and had your little chats with some of the guys who have a sort of reaction to what they've seen where you say, this is the right fit for them. We got a wide open field this week. Yeah, I mean, I think it's honestly, uh, for me, it's still a little too early to kind of have that all figured out, um, mostly because House and I haven't had our conversations about it, and I don't know if we want to share all that information with with the public at this point. Um, but but what people don't know, and I'd like to give House a little bit of credit here, is, you know, House, House picked Danny Willett years ago. Um, House almost picked Hideki to win uh, at Augusta. He was, he was one bit of information away from, from having that one locked in, which would have been a nice run, but I, so I'm that's really on you. That's picks. not on me. That's on you. I know. I still feel, I still beat myself up about it every day. Uh, but, but I think the thing that's going to be the most interesting for, for everybody is, is Tiger. And, um, I did happen to see a little bit of, of his practice round earlier today. And he says he's stronger than he was at Augusta. And this is an easier walk than that. And then what, what really got me thinking is, well, okay, if he got this much stronger in the month from, from the Masters, what are we looking at by the time we get to St. Andrews, which we all know is a place that, that he, could, he could do something special with. Um, but I think to me, uh, where I'm looking at is I'm looking at someone like, like, like John Rahm. Who who just hits the ball way longer than people give him credit for. People don't call him a bomber. And I'd like to, to actually just ask everybody, can we just start referring to him as one of the bombers? He's as long as anybody out there. Um, and then the fact that he, he's so good in this proximity to the hole that he might get that extra benefit that I think you're going to need. And then we saw the putter return to life, uh, in, in Mexico. And if he can kind of keep that up, I think he could be someone, I mean, that's really a bold prediction I'm making, right. Uh, <laughs> but he could, he could be someone. Uh, the other thing is I, I, I like one club pro to make the cut this year. Okay. Well, well, that, that's always a fun prop. Um, yeah. they'll be out there, but. You know, I want to pick up you. There's been a common thread, a common theme to your observations, and that is the challenge of the venue. There are always um, scoring props, both in terms of the final um, score and also, you know, low round through the four rounds. Do you think that now it's playing to a par 70, correct? Yeah, yes. par 70. 
So um, what would you, I, I know it's impossible because it's, it's Monday. We'll get closer. We'll have lot, so much more information weather-wise. But if the weather stays in this sort of general vein um, as predicted, do you think that we're going to see better than, you know, five under, six under? Is that possible? I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I just, I, I mean, I, I can't figure out where the holes you're going to get it. You know, like you go out there and, and it's like, all right, here's a 500 yard par four. All right. Well, I'm just going to hit one down the middle. I'm still going to have a, a, a six iron in. I'm going to get it to 25 feet. I'm going to two putt. And again, like I was saying at the top, I still think that if you don't hit it in this 10% area off the tee, you're going to bogey the hole. So, so you're just going to have those, those things. I think it's going to be, you know, similar to other times we've been here, but even, you know, it's, it's just magnified because they did add length to it. Um, they did, you know, bring bunkers back into play that weren't in play, you know, kind of the, the last couple times we've been here. I think we saw it last year, even at the senior open. Uh, and it's certainly going to be set up different than that, that, that this golf course just has some teeth. And, um, you know, I, I just think it's going to be, it's going to be one of those, I think right around five or six is, is going to be who, who lifts the Wanamaker on, the, on Sunday. So you're, you're involved in this telecast. Talk to us about what we're going to see that we haven't seen before. Sounds like we're going to see some technology under the greens, but how, how do you think about what's next uh, for us watching this thing? Well, I think, I think, you know, look, the goal of, of the ESPN show and, you know, Mike McQuaid's our, our corporate producer. He, he produces the back nine. I get to sit in the, in the front nine truck. Um, and then CBS obviously, you know, has their team that comes in and, and does the, the weekend when we're off the air. We still do Saturday, Sunday in the morning, but we just want to show as many golf shots as possible, right? We know that's what golf fans want, especially on a Thursday or Friday. So um, we're going to be challenging ourselves to up our pace, to not kind of get stuck where we're sitting there for four or five minutes is what to do or get caught in a ruling, whatever. We really want to show the, the viewers as many golf shots as we can. And, you know, you'll, you'll have the requisite tracers. You'll have technology out there. We'll have, you know, I think we have a, a, a top-notch, you know, crew of announcers and I'll put them up against anybody, but just to be able to, to show as many golf shots as we can to everybody. I think that that's the goal for two days. If we finish Friday night, everyone's like, yeah, we saw more golf than we've ever seen before out of the first two days of a major. I think we've done our job. Um, talk about this alternate cast with Joe Buck and, and the big caddy. Uh, is that, is that, that's coming. Is that going to be on plus or on where we're going to find uh, it'll be on plus certain hours and then ESPN two, I believe other hours. So, and what, so um, what, what's the idea? I explain it to the, to the, to the good folks here. Fairly well. uh, I mean, I think, I, I think the idea house is that, you know, the Manning cast works and you, you may not want to watch all game, every game of that, but, but when they have someone interesting and compelling, you're going to want to check that out. You know, there's a lot of hours we're going to be sitting in that truck. You know, we're coming on, like I said, at seven o'clock local time, which House now knows is eight o'clock his time on the east. Uh, and we're going for 12 hours. At some point, you're going to get tired of what we're doing on that show. Here's another alternative for part of the day to be able to go in there and hear other interesting people talk about the game. Uh, I haven't seen their their guest list release. And and we all saw with the Manning cast and football, it was fun each day to see, you know, who was going to be in each quarter. And they would kind of spread it out. I'm assuming they'll do the same thing. But um, I think it's just, an, you know, the more people we can get to watch golf, the better. But this is just another avenue that, that someone's going to check in, check out and, and be able to spend an hour with and, and enjoy it. And, you know, you're still going to be able to see the coverage uh, of what we're doing over on the, on the main show. Is there a buzz in Tulsa? Are they excited about this? Yeah, I mean, you expect you know, the crowds I, this week? 
Oh yeah, they're, they're saying forty five, fifty thousand uh, mm-hmm. every day, and and there's plenty, there's plenty of room for it. Well, there's no way any of those people are spending eighteen effing dollars on an effing Michelob Ultra. Like, did you see this? This is the by, by I far. Ask. I this this is stunning to me, and I wanted to go ahead and have a positive podcast through the first you know hour plus of, of this mega preview, but I ultimately the PGA of America. Well, the PGA yeah. of America is ultimately responsible. I know they've contracted with whatever vendors or whatever, but you can't have an a, a major tournament like the Masters where they charge five bucks for uh import and an american craft and four bucks for domestic and then go to tulsa oklahoma and put a price list up now i hope that it was a fake that there that is possible it did have golf twitter yet yesterday and today up in arms but in and and you know the best case scenario would be it was a fake it had 18 dollars for a michelob ultra what uh, in god's name are you talking about I don't get it, House, but do you, you know think what? it's that? Do you think it was a fake, or do you think that they're going to try and do that? I have no idea. You know, it's funny uh, when I go back out there to do my my next lap around, I will walk over to one of the stands and I will I will personally validate the authenticity of of this post. There are occasional things on Twitter that are not true. What uh, I've heard that, yeah, come on, yeah, I've heard that a couple times, but uh, I don't know, man. It's. I, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to partake anyway. I'm working the whole time. I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about the good people of Tulsa. Fifty thousand people from Tulsa are going to be thirsty on that ninety degree Thursday. House. My my dad used to go into Washington football team games with sandwiches tied around (laughs) his ankles. He'd tape them and strap them to his ankles because fuck Dan Snyder is what he would always say. Yes, The, the good people of Tulsa can figure out how to you know duct tape a handle to their inner thigh I, i'm yeah. sure that's true but like just charge six bucks for a beer just be normal like who, who the fuck do they think they are i just don't understand it it's like yeah. completely befuddling and confounding to me like oh we had a marketing firm do a survey of venues and the football stadiums charge 18 dollars for a beer and so we think that's our price point get the fuck out of here it's a goddamn golf tournament People want to walk around and enjoy and stroll and have a sip. And nobody is going to pay $18 for a goddamn Michelob Ultra. I wouldn't pay $18 for a case of Michelob Ultra, for Christ's sakes. That's all. Do better, PGA of America. This event lines up perfectly in so many other respects. The beer prices are indefensible. That's all. I will say though that the 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 only positive we can take out because I do want to turn this back into a positive. We got to hear I haven't heard a good house rant in in months. So thank you, <laughs> thank you everybody who was responsible for this, whether it's fake or real. I got a good house rant and I enjoyed that. So thank you. Well, I um, want to make sure because I know that um, the good folks at Callaway are all over um, this week's tournament with all kinds of content and stuff of all the the Callaway professionals. One of the things you guys did that was very cool is this like multi-dimensional race kind of thing. And I think that's coming out. Uh, the teaser is out now. And I think that the race will be out this week. Tell, tell the good fairway rolling listeners about that. Yeah. So uh, we, we tape something house. You've been to our shoot every year. We do a shoot 
Ponte Vedra. Um, one, one of the great segments that no one ever saw, Grilling with Grillo. Um, that but, really but did happen. Up, uh, I made him. Yeah, uh, it really happened. I Jimmy made him Curry. a flank steak with chimichurri sauce. Handmade yeah, chimichurri he sauce. And he was not amused one bit. Um, but well, he we, should be a better golfer. To, not really a good we, hang. Just, we decided to go a different direction, and we turned a nine-hole golf course into like where golf would be the amazing race. Got souped-up golf carts, paired one staffer with uh, kind of an ambassador-type person, and just kind of went for it, went crazy. Had about 30 cameras, had drones, had like in-car cameras. It was pretty nuts. And uh, it all kicks off this Saturday for an eight-week run. It's called The Rogue Race on Callaway's YouTube. John Rom, and as John called him, he finally got a chance to play with the better Brian brother. He got to play with George Brian. Take that, Wesley. <laughs> Um, but, uh, they, they, was unbelievable. I mean, some of the stuff that, that these players did was, was pretty amazing and watch all the way through the series. It's, uh, there's some pretty, pretty good ones. You're going to be watching. Is it on, um, your YouTube channel? Yeah, it'll be on our YouTube channel. Uh, every Saturday, uh, we're going to premiere those, I think around seven o'clock West coast, which house, what time is that for you on the East coast? Seven o'clock West coast is 10 o'clock East coast. Nice. Great. Right, so you're getting That's better. By, by, you know what? By the end of this pot, I got a rant and your math. You did a great job. Well, and I will not be drinking any $18 Michelob Ultras at, at, at 10 o'clock. I promise you. Jeff Newbarth, um, please get out there. Snap. If, if this information's wrong, I'm happy to clarify the record. I'm just saying it, it, it didn't appear uh, as anything other than the, the God's honest truth about what they're trying to do to the poor people of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I can't tolerate it. But I'm, I can tolerate, and I'm looking very forward, ESPN's broadcast of the PGA Championship this week. So thank you for coming on. We can't wait to bring it to everybody and enjoy the week. This is going to be one heck of a major. Thanks, Jeff Newbarth. All right, my par-saving pals. And we'll just leave it at that because it sounds like that's what we're up against this week uh, down at Southern Hills. Our enormous thanks, as always, to our guests, Kevin Van Valkenburg and Jeff Newbarth. Two guys, boots on the ground, literally giving us uh, some perspective on how the week may yet play out. And you know what we're doing here at Fairway Rolling is factoring in all those variables we have because it is the only way we get down on a major week. Justin Ray coming up. Uh, we're going to tape with him uh, Tuesday evening, so that show should be up Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. As you build out your dance card, one thing that I can tell you right now, the Nate dog has put my attention on this FanDuel, you know, it, it's markets are open. All right. And we have some, our sights set on a handful of guys. One thing that's out there, I'm going to ask FanDuel if they'll boost this even. They have a parlay, three, three-legger, Colin Morikawa to top five, Cam Smith to top 10. Nate dog, what's the third leg? Xander Shoffley to top 20. Look at that. The same have, Xander who just absolutely torched a 61 yesterday. And what are the odds? What, what are they giving us? Plus 3,700. 37 to one. Now, look, everybody understands three-legged parlays. It's tough. This is not the do it with your discretionary income. Don't do it with the, with the bread money. But, look, if you want to have some fun, I will just tell you, all of our uh, you know, early analytics and the way that we're anticipating the week to play out, we love all three of those guys. So if you want to jump in on this, we're going to talk to the FanDuel, see if they got a boost for us. But this is one that Nate and I both will be playing. And I have to drive to Virginia to do it. But look, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it to me. 
We have Justin Ray coming up. The full dance card will be available to everybody Tuesday night into Wednesday. You have all day Wednesday to listen to that. Take some of this preview information and think about um, what's out there for you. And in the meantime, my birdie buddies, let's hit them straight out there.